Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. On Wednesday, we here at The Decibel, like I'm sure many other Canadians, were awaiting the latest Bank of Canada news. They do make an announcement every six weeks, but this time, we were expecting a raise in interest rates for the first time since the pandemic. The reason? Raising interest rates is a tool the Bank of Canada uses to bring down inflation, which is the general increase of the price of things. And inflation recently hit its highest level in 30 years. But things didn't happen quite as we expected. Our approach to monetary policy throughout the pandemic has been deliberate. And we were mindful of the rapid spread of Omicron and the fact that it will dampen spending in the first quarter. So we decided to keep our policy rate unchanged today, to remove our commitment to hold it at its floor, and to signal that rates can be expected to increase going forward. That's Tiff Macklem, the governor of the Bank of Canada, saying they aren't going to raise rates, at least not right now. Mark Rendell covers the Bank of Canada, finance and economics for the globe, and he'll help us understand what's going on here. And yes, Mark will also get into what the Bank of Canada is exactly, how it controls inflation, and what that means for your wallet this year. This is The Decibel. Mark, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me on. It's an exciting day in Bank of Canada land. I'm sure. Can you, can you tell me, were you surprised, I guess, by today's announcement? There was certainly a lot of speculation ahead of the announcement that uh, the Bank of Canada was going to raise interest rates um, for the first time since 2018, uh, for the first time since they cut interest rates quite dramatically at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so a lot of people were expecting that, you know, rates have been at or the, the bank's overnight rate has been at 0.25 percent um, since March of 2020. Uh, and a lot of people were looking at uh, inflation numbers, which have been very high recently. They were looking at um, the amount that the economy has rebounded in recent months and were saying, hmm, now seems like a time where the bank may think about raising interest rates. So did they explain why they made that decision, though? Why did they decide today to, to keep it the same and not change it? Throughout the pandemic, they've uh, put a premium on trying to uh, communicate what they're going to do ahead of time. And um, back in December, they said, hey, look, we'll probably raise rates in April. Um, it now seems like they're going to go faster than that. They're probably going to go in March. But I think they wanted to take that pause or that step uh, in between uh, to actually set up that rate decision. What will this decision to hold the rate right now, what will that mean for inflation in the coming weeks? It's not as simple as, you know, you raise rates today, tomorrow, suddenly gasoline is really cheap or groceries don't cost a fortune. You know, there's um, there's all of these things. And that, that actually comes back to a, a, an important point, which is a lot of the inflation we're seeing today is um, driven by supply side issues. So monetary policy affects uh, the demand in the economy, right? It's about altering the cost of credit, so the cost of borrowing money. Uh, that influences how much people want to go out and buy things. But it doesn't influence whether there's a drought or whether there's a backup at the Port of Vancouver or any of those supply side constraints. What is happening in the economy today uh, is the result of decisions that were made a year, a year and a half ago. Mm. You know, I think the big the big takeaway from today is that they are, 
you know, they're about to enter a big rate hike cycle. Um, you know, we're going to see this year a lot of interest rate hikes. So even if the Bank of Canada is not raising interest rates right now, it sounds like we are going into a year where they will be. What does this mean for Canadians and, and how will this affect borrowing costs? It means borrowing costs are going up. The people who are going to be affected right away are people on things like variable rate mortgages, uh, home equity line of credit, anything that has kind of a floating rate debt. So mm. if you are getting into the market, uh, getting into the housing market, you'll have higher borrowing costs. And it's not just for housing, it's, you know, the interest rates that they're influencing uh, run all throughout the economy. So the cost for businesses to borrow is going to be going up. Uh, the cost for, you know, any sort form of, of um, consumer debt, uh, car loans, credit card debt uh, is going to be going up as well. And that's all part of the kind of big macroeconomic toolkit, which is by raising the cost of debt, you make it less attractive to borrow, uh, you bring demand back down and you cool that demand down. So a lot of people piled into a lot of debt uh, at incredibly low interest rates uh, over the last two years, and uh, they are going to be paying more. Bank of Canada made that clear. You can't say you haven't been given fair warning. So we hear a lot about the Bank of Canada, but have you ever stopped to think about how it works? What really is a central bank? And how can it change the rate of inflation, let alone sway the direction of the economy? Our producer, Cheryl Sutherland, sat down with Mark to take a deep dive into what the Bank of Canada is. And Cheryl started off with a kind of unusual question. If we were to imagine the banks in Canada as members of some weird, very rich family sitting down at a Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. What member of the family would the Bank of Canada be? So the Bank of Canada would definitely be the, the grandfather. Actually, you know what? That's a really good question because in many cases, the Bank of Canada is actually younger than most of the private commercial banks in the country. In some ways, you could say the grandfather because they're or the grandmother, because they're they're kind of at the center of everything. Um, all other activity in the Canadian economy and the financial system, in a sense, revolves around what happens at the Bank of Canada. Uh, so they are kind of that that figure at the heart of it all. The Bank of Canada is not like other banks. It doesn't take deposits from you and I. It doesn't give out loans or mortgages. It's essentially a institution, in fact, a crown corporation that sits at the heart of the Canadian economy and does a whole range of things. So they're in charge of paper money, uh, which actually isn't paper anymore. It's kind of a plasticky thing these days. It's also the banker to the government. So, you know, the government has a bank account with the Bank of Canada and money that comes in and goes out goes through the Bank of Canada. It conducts monetary policy, which is a set of tools that the Bank of Canada uses to try to influence big variables in the economy. Things like employment, like uh, economic output, which is GDP. Uh, and most importantly, it's trying to influence the value of money. So it's trying to influence the rate of inflation. And it also has a role overseeing the financial system. So 
it works with other financial regulators like OSFI, which is the banking regulator, to ensure that the financial system, the banking system is stable. And it has a role which is called the lender of last resort role, which is on rare occasions when you're in a financial panic, when there's risk of bank runs, it can step into financial markets and essentially act as a backstop to prevent banks from collapsing or running out of cash or uh, all of these bad things happening. The best way to think about their role in uh, the financial system is they set the price of money by setting interest rates. At the end of the day, if you're trying to anchor the value of money, you need a system or a model to anchor that with. So in the past, that was gold. That was the quantity of gold anchored the value of the money in the system. Later on, that was fixed to the value of other currencies. So like the value of the US dollar. Since the early 1970s, when we went off the fixed rate exchange system, there was a question of, well, what do we tie the value of the dollar to? How do we make sure we anchor those prices? And it wasn't until the early 1990s that they came up with this idea well, why don't we try to target inflation? Why don't we try to target the rate of inflation itself and use that as essentially the anchor for the value of the dollar? And why don't we do that by essentially trying to speed up or slow down the economy by adjusting interest rates? So since the 1990s, the goal of monetary policy has been to hit 2% inflation. And that's basically what they think of as a stable currency, as a currency that's going up a little bit, having a little bit of inflation on a yearly basis. The way they do that is by influencing interest rates to speed up or slow down economic activity. So if the economy is running really hot and inflation is running above 2%, they will raise interest rates, which increases the cost of money, increases the cost of borrowing makes it less likely that you and I are going to run out and get a mortgage. Uh, so economic activity will slow down and will bring inflation down. The flip side is if inflation is running below target, below the 2%, say we're in a recession or the economy is slowing down, it can cut interest rates, which makes it cheaper for people to borrow, cheaper for businesses to borrow. The idea is you're going to stimulate more economic activity and you're going to push inflation higher. So monetary policy is always forward looking. They're always looking essentially 18 months out into the future and saying, OK, we think that based on the level of employment, based on uh, you know a whole range of economic indicators, we think in 18 months time, um, inflation is going to be high or inflation is going to be low. And then they're going to raise or lower interest rates to try to hit that 2% target in the future. The way they influence interest rates, its main policy tool is a short-term rate at which banks lend to each other overnight. So effectively, every commercial bank in Canada has an account with the Bank of Canada. They all settle transactions with one another overnight. And the Bank of Canada sets the parameters, sets the interest rate, essentially, at which these banks settle with one another on an overnight basis. And by adjusting that rate up and down, which is, you know, every six weeks when the Bank of Canada governor or deputy governor, you know, announces a rate decision, they're announcing what that very short term overnight interest rate is. Um, but by moving that interest rate up or down, they can affect longer term interest rates in the economy. 
They can affect things like the exchange rate for the Canadian dollar. And they can also affect uh, people's expectations about where inflation in the economy is going to go. By moving this little, very short-term rate, they have a whole range of impacts throughout the entire economy. So the question of whether they're moving fast enough is a live question. But if you raise interest rates today, you're not going to change the inflation rate next week. It takes months and months and months, uh, often 18 to 24 months, to work its way through the economy. Now, it does have immediate impacts. It does, you know, you raise rates, that's going to change the exchange rate for the Canadian dollar. That's going to have an impact on the economy. But to have that full impact on aggregate demand in the economy takes 18 to 24 months. Throughout the pandemic, there's been a lot of conversation around um, whether the Bank of Canada is becoming politicized. And the reason that is, is because the bank launched into a number of what they call extraordinary monetary policy. So when you get your interest rate as low as it can go and it can't go any lower, but you still need to stimulate the economy, then you have to use a different set of tools. And one of those tools is called quantitative easing. And what that is, is essentially they are trying to bring down interest rates on government bonds by buying a lot of government bonds. And the reason they're trying to bring interest rates down on government bonds is because those are benchmarks. They set interest rates for other interest rates in the economy. What quantitative easing meant was that the Bank of Canada was buying billions of dollars worth of government bonds on a weekly basis in order to influence those longer term interest rates. Uh, but the effect as well is it also, while the government was spending a lot of money on pandemic support programs, a lot of the debt they were issuing was being bought, uh, not directly, but indirectly by the Bank of Canada. So you have opposition critics who say the Bank of Canada was essentially printing money to fund the government debt. Um, but it is a it's an interesting question. And, and there's no doubt that when you when you move past the regular toolkit, which is adjusting the short term overnight policy rate, you end up introducing a range of questions about the goal of those programs. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.